When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. All right, welcome into another quarantine edition of Mackie and Judd. Uh, Declan, feeling much better today. You, I am. Are you, so you, are you like on a scale of 1 to 10 with your COVID venture here? Uh, one one feeling like Justin Turner and wanting to celebrate in public without a mask, knowing you have COVID, and ten being like you're, you know, worried about dying. Where are you at right now? Uh, I would say probably a four. I, I, I I'm okay. not ready to go outside and, and and celebrate with my teammates with Mackie and Judda that I've beaten COVID, but uh, I I definitely feel a lot better for the first time, which is a, which is a good sign. So it's good good uh so if we if we ask security to corral you into the clubhouse then you can make yeah. your decision if you want to dodge them or not like justin turner did i'll, I'll be in a hazmat suit when we do uh, actually rerun of halloween on friday i'll just actually right. I'll come up with the michael myers mask and everything it'll be great nice so all right we uh, we got a couple things to dive into on today's show we're going to dive into write that down predictions and an accountability session and uh, also why the twins and the rays are bedfellows in uh, the worst of ways when it comes to analytics. But a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota and around the country for over a hundred years. They're one of us based in Owatonna. And you can find out more about the industries Federated protects and all the different tools and resources that you could get access to as a business owner at federatedinsurance.com. And also be sure to follow them on Twitter at Federated INS for fresh relevant risk management content on a variety of topics. And uh, and again, you can find all kinds of information at federatedinsurance.com. At Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Before we dive in, uh, Judd and I, just to pull back the curtain, Judd and I both went to, at separate times during the day, The I think it's the only saliva testing facility in the state of Minnesota. Or no, there, 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 there's, there's one like in like Mankato. Okay. There's like there's six, but it's the only one in the metro. Like there's just ones in like Winona, Duluth, Moorhead, and you know, like Marshall. So it's the only were, one in the metro area. They were very good, very helpful. How many every, how many steps did it take you to fill the oh um file thing, whatever that's called? Probably eight to ten. And the the worst part was there there was a girl who was probably five with her, her mom and the girl had to spit as well. And this she was part, like on the other side of the table. Yes, from you? yes, exactly. Right. And so, but I looked at one point and I felt so bad because this poor kid like looks at this old gray guy with a beard, just continually trying to spit in a tube and like, like, 
20 years from now, that poor kid is going to go to her mom and say, Mom, I, I have this weird recollection of a guy that looked like Santa Claus spitting, and I don't know why. And the mom's going to have to explain 2020, and that's going to be absolutely the worst thing. Like, it sucks, but I'm cognizant. This poor kid, it's it's all going to come rushing back one day that this old, she's like literally looking at me like, what are you doing? And why do I do this? Were you like making eye contact with her? I just looked across for one second because I felt so bad for the kid. Like, it's it's 2020. It's just so messed up. Just staring her down. I'm spitting at a table in Brooklyn Park. What the hell am I doing? (laughs) That's Honestly, that was sort of my thought. I walked in and by the way, they did an unbelievable job. They've got they've got, I don't know, 20 or 25 different people when I went last night. And uh, it's it's precautionary for me and Judd because Declan tested positive. And so for us to even get back into our studio, we have to test positive and and then uh, we might be allowed back in. Or maybe they've just deleted our card keys at this point. I don't know. Maybe. But but I walked in and I had this. I've had a few of these in 2020, but I had this epiphany and I was like, I'm looking around. It's an empty, hollowed out old office max in Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park. And there's like 35 tables set up that are six or seven feet long. They're all full with people testing for COVID with these saliva tests. Yeah. Everyone's got a mask. Everyone's got like rubber gloves on if, if they if they work at the facility. And I'm just thinking this is 2020 right now. It's so mm-hmm. bizarre. I think everyone's just ready at some everyone's ready for the election to be over. And then everyone's ready to just like wh- whether it's in a month or in a year, just like get us i just i'd rather just walk into an office max <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's what that's what i want at this point but but if, if i had told you a year ago a year ago you were going to be in in a minneapolis suburb at at an old office max spitting into a tube because there's going to be a pandemic you would have been like come on man that's a movie that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard and here we were spitting into a tube and by the way here's my one question i get it okay you're not supposed to eat or drink or chew gum a half hour before you do the spit test. But then how on earth are you supposed to have enough saliva from yeah. your mouth when you don't have anything in your mouth, basically, to create the saliva besides the fact that you're desperately trying to, like, gotta be like clutch, Judd. Gotta chuck be up a three-point shot? It, no. It's like trying to take a – because you're like, okay, I, I'll get some more saliva. I was. It's you very, very difficult. You got to get use those – Mouth, mouth muscles, you know, you got to go the. <laughs> I did. I, I did, but I'd prefer to have like just had a glass of water to create it. Yeah, I get it. So so we'll get to write that down predictions and an accountability session. And uh, and as you'll notice throughout the week here, however long we have to be outside of our studio, we're not going to have the normal production bells and whistles for any of our segments. Uh, we are post producing some stuff in, but we're, we're basically just sort of bare bones production and uh, and just doing it old school here. But. But speaking of things that if, like you just said, Judd, if you were to have told me a year ago, you're going to be in an empty office, Max, like trying to spit into a whatever the hell that thing is called. And we're going to be in the middle of a pandemic. What if I would have told you 29 years ago, as you're watching John Smoltz and you're watching the greatest pitching performance of all time by Jack Morris, Game 7, 1991, Mm -hmm. a couple of just absolute thoroughbred stud starting pitchers, Hall of Famers, throwing haymakers back and forth, pitch counts be damned, one to nothing classic ball game. If I would have told you there's going to be a time in 2020 and the Twins will be just as guilty as any team in baseball, but a team in game six vying for a trip to game seven to win its first World Series, 
with a former Cy Young Award winner on the mound, absolutely shoving in one of the great, at the time he was pulled, one of the great World Series pitching performances of all time. He's going to be yanked for a pop-up reliever that does throw hard and has been good, and he is Minnesota's own Nick Anderson. But he's struggling. He's going to be pulled from the game in the biggest moment of the season and of his career. Um, your thoughts. 29 years ago, I would have told you you are absolutely crazy. I, I would have said that that if that is going to be done, for, first of all, that wouldn't be done, but if it was going to be done, the manager who made such move would be immediately fired because it would be a rogue move. I mean, there there would be no question. 29 years ago, I would tell you that was a rogue move, and, and that person would be fired on the spot probably. Um, I would have said you are absolutely, absolutely nuts and what we saw last night was nuts and what we saw last night to me is a great discussion about was that the first part and, and this is not to be clear here okay because I, I think this needs to be made clear i'm the old guy here okay phil is more and ha- has been for a long time the more the statistics uh guy in baseball i get all that all right um but i'm wondering if what we saw last night is the beginning of some sort of correction to to how analytics excuse me are applied in baseball a little bit i'm not saying they're going away because they're not but is this going to be the first step to maybe a portion of a correction uh because what we saw last night with blake snell was absolutely crazy and also i i don't think it's hyperbole to say that like the the rays the rays have miraculously been to the world series twice in the last 12 years this isn't just like oh they're going to dust themselves off and come back and try it again next year all the stars were aligned, and they had their guy, Blake Snell, on the mound pitching his ass off, the best game he's maybe ever pitched, right? And that's saying something because this was this was a guy with an ERA below two and won a Cy Young Award a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's facing one of the best lineups in baseball, striking out everybody. And I just think they blew their chance to really it, – it's funny, you're sitting at this tipping point of how effective are analytics in baseball, right? And everyone always points to the fact that the low-budget Rays and the low-budget A's and their money ball approach, that they always come up short in the postseason and that that is somehow validation for why analytics are ruining baseball and, like, analytics don't really work. It's actually the fact that those teams are winning 90-plus games on a regular basis and getting to Game 6 of the World Series in the case of the Rays is a testament for exactly why analytics are great and helpful for some of these teams, if not all of these teams. And the Twins, too. The Twins win a lot of games in the regular season. But what we saw last night, to your point, is the perfect example of the biggest mistake that analytics-driven managers and organizations make in today's analytics-heavy game. They assume or believe every player performs the same in their assigned role, regardless of the magnitude of the moment. Mm-hmm. They, they basically assume that everybody is a robot or everybody is a chess piece, and whether it's the middle of May or the middle of August or whether it's Game 6 of the World Series, that that person's heart rate will be the same in all those situations. And as we've seen with Nick Anderson, and Nick Anderson is a great story, former Twins minor leaguer, one of the big, we discussed this a couple weeks ago on the show, one of the bigger blunders in terms of the Twins just cutting bait on a great reliever. But guess what? Nick Anderson has never pitched on a stage like that before. He's given up nine runs in the postseason, and the Rays basically just dismissed all of those things and said, based on the statistics that we have seen over the past two years of Nick Anderson, we are going to program him and put him into this game. It's like 
Think about this for a second. You're in a must-perform moment. And I get that the numbers say you don't want to face this Dodgers lineup for a third time through. Bad things happen. That's the exact same thing the Twins did when they pulled Kenta Maeda and Jose Barrios in those games against the Astros. But in a must-perform moment with the season on the line, Mm -hmm. who do you trust to get a few more big outs in that spot? The stud pitcher and former Cy Young Award winner and first-round pick who's pitching the best he's ever pitched before? Mm-hmm. Or the pop-up reliever who throws hard, but he's given up nine runs in the postseason and can't rise to the moment. What, on what planet is that even a decision? And this is from the analytics guy on the show, for God's sakes. But it, it, it's based; it, it's all based to me on on this, and this is the problem. The direction that we've gone: game um, sixty-six, game one hundred six, and game six of the World Series are all the same thing. The meal is always they they don't have a chef who who says, "You know what? Tonight the New York Times critic is in my restaurant." So I'm taking this sucker up a notch cuz I know they basically have a chef who says, "It's always the same. Every we're, night's Wednesday night." And we're going to treat it the same so that exactly. they treat it the same. Exactly. It's not the same. Uh, the the one thing though and, and this came to me as as the debate raged, and it should have last night about what Kevin Cash and the Rays did. I think the one thing, and this also applies to the Twins and and uh, Rocco and his decisions with Maeda and Barrios in games one and two of the Astros series. I think what we need to clarify too, and we're, we're probably guilty of this as well, is is when Rocco made those moves, we really dumped on him, which which we should. I didn't like either one. That being said, this is very much an organizational philosophy that is not just cash or ball deli. This goes to the people that run the Rays or the Twins entirely. And and the days of um, TK being the game starts, right? And TK is in charge. TK decides who hits where. TK decides what the bullpen is go- going to be. TK decides if the, the starter is going to stay in. And sometimes as Blackjack did in 91, he can politic to stay in. Okay, um, this has changed now. So while I definitely think that uh, Cash and, and Baldelli have a hand to share in the blame for what transpired with their teams, Phil, I do think it's important that we also recognize this is an entire organizational philosophy of this is what we do it's very in some ways it's very football like like football people have been like this for a long time childress my offense works but it really doesn't work no it, it no it doesn't work yes it does um and baseball, it's it seems to have permeated baseball a bit. But I do believe that we should acknowledge that what Kevin Cash did last night was not him going rogue. It was very much him sticking to a script that he was given probably the day he got that job. It's just in Game Six of the World Series. I guess somebody should text him or call down and say, uh, "Kevin, not tonight." Dude, like, 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 shoving. like the position is called manager. Your job is to take all the information available to you, including the statistics and the analytics. That's mm-hmm. definitely a huge part of it. And and I don't think I don't think the mistake that was made last night negates the value of analytics necessarily. I think it I think it shows you I think it shows you um, sort of the tipping point and where analytics and data and information need to meet human touch and instinct. And what's the point in paying a manager? seven figures upwards of sometimes three, four, five million dollars a year if they don't have the freedom in that spot to say, you know what, I know that 
most of the data that we've collected says you don't want to face this lineup a third time and that bringing in a fresh arm in this spot is the right thing to do. But boy, the other side of my brain is telling me this is one of the best starting pitchers in baseball and he is on right now and he's only thrown 73 pitches and given up two hits and he has struck out half the batters he has faced right now. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to keep rolling with this guy as opposed to the guy that's given up nine runs in the postseason. Like it is it is a huge, huge missing chip to some of these front office guys. And I keep going back because the twins are just as guilty with some of this stuff. And Rocco Baldelli looking at Jose Barrios best start of his life, shoving and missing bats by three feet in that game and saying, hey, we got Cody Stashak warmed up down the hallway. <laughs> Um, he's going to come in here. I know that he's really he's like the only time he's ever pitched in a big game was at Yankee Stadium, and he gave up a big home run last year. But we trust him because, damn it, every game's the same. Like one, one more thing on the every game's the same, Judd. Maybe you guys can speak to the hockey side of this. You ever watch the NBA playoffs and uh, and you see you ever you ever compare like an NBA playoff game, game five of the NBA Finals to let's mm-hmm. say game fifteen of the regular season. In game fifteen of the regular season, you'll see like nine, ten, sometimes eleven man rotations. You'll see superstars resting for an extra, uh, you know, like LeBron James might play 32 minutes in a regular season game, and they'll go like to the ninth, 10th, and 11th guys off their bench in the first half. Sure. Because, you know, because they want to get those guys in the mix. They want to, you know, they don't want to tire out some of their star players early in the season. Sure. By the time game five of the NBA finals rolls around, some of these teams are playing six or seven man rotations. And star players are going from 32, 35 minutes to like 46 minutes, 47 minutes. And it's because in those big moments, it's not the same as the 15th game of the regular season. I'm sorry, like random bench guy that I trusted against the Grizzlies on uh, January 5th, but I don't trust you against the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. And baseball managers in front offices need to think of it the same way sometimes. But they don't. They, they clearly think now that you have an assigned task. They, they take shifts. Players now take shifts. I'm your starting pitcher. I got, I got one to five. And I'm done at five. I'm done. Okay. At six, this guy's in. That's yep. look, it's this, it, it, it's my point about is this going to like, is this now going to cause a correction of some sort? I'm not saying that, that the whole thing is going to now change completely back to, hey, gut feel time now for me. Let's get Guardy back here. But I am saying that what we saw last night, if that doesn't get Falvey and Rocco and the boys who run the twins to think about how they do things, then shame on them because they, they had um, the two games against the Strohs and now last night as perfect e- examples. And you know what? If you want to run your game the way that you enjoy uh, d- doing it, let's say in game 57, all right? Knock yourself out. That's absolutely cool. That's fine. Uh, but at crucial moments when things are on the line, and by the way, you've got Blake Snell absolutely shoving. It's not like, well, he's been pretty good tonight, but there's no but. I mean, this guy is pitching what amounts to a classic, and you rob the fans and yourself of that game. Um, if that, if these people are as smart as we think they're supposed to be and they claim to be, last night is going to get a lot of people beyond the people with the Rays to think long and hard about how they do some things, some things. Mm-hmm. And last night is a prime prime example of, hey, you know what? That was a grievous error. 
Yeah. I, I was telling you guys before we jumped on the mics here for the show. So I've been rooting for the Rays. I mean, I think I, I you know, for, for a lot of the reasons we've talked about, I've wanted the Rays or the A's to just sort of shut people up and, and validate their approach. Not that they should need to. I mean, the, the, the fact that the, the Rays are winning the same amount of games over the last 10 or 11 years as teams with a hundred and 150 and $200 million payrolls when they never spend over 75 or $80 million. Mm-hmm. That's a testament to their process right there. But when Kevin Cash came out of the dugout and signaled for a righty, I have never flipped a 180 so bad. Like I went from rooting for the Rays to win the World Series to hoping that the Dodgers would score 10 runs in that inning. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I honestly, and I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm going to go back next year and be like, all right, let's root for the underdog again. Like I honestly, it was, I think, I think for me, it was the arrogance and the brashness. Like, and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but how arrogant do you have to be? And maybe that's the wrong word for it, but like it's tone deaf to pull it, a it's picture tone out in that situation. And they're saying, well, the numbers say that we should like, what? like <laughs> well, and, <laughs> Sorry. And Blake, I hope and, you get smoked. And Blake Snell to his credit did not go lightly. I mean, Blake Snell said, what the F basically. And he yeah. was exactly right. And, and so to me, it's tone deaf because it's like, you realize this is game six of the world series, an elimination game for your team. You get this right. And, and you're about to go to a bullpen that yes, is good, but you're about to put in a guy from the bullpen who has been struggling. There's no question. And you're taking out a guy who's pitching this. Well, I I just want to know, did people who claim to be smart learn? That's really my question. Mm -hmm. Did you learn? Did Rocco watch that and call Falvey and say, we got to rethink this, man. Just somewhat, at least, just somewhat. And 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 the stage l- last night was absolutely huge. I get that, but game two of the Astro series don't discredit how much that impacted that game. Because if nothing else, guess what? If mm-hmm. nothing else, at the very least, in Brios's case and in Snell's case, it's a vote of no confidence in a guy who everyone on that team absolutely believes in. Yeah. He, you know, every player is like, I'm all in here. This guy's great. And then the guy that runs the team goes out there and says, but you're done now. If I play for, for that team, and I felt the same way when Brios came out. If I played for the Twins that day, I'm looking around saying, hold on a second here. <laughs> hold on, hold on. So this guy's pitching that well. We have not won at that time in 17 playoff games, and you're going by the book. Also, too, like, think about, and I don't mean to, to make this a rip fest on some of these relievers like Nick Anderson's been great. He's been one of the best relievers in baseball for a couple of years. And Cody Stashak has been just a great project for the twins that they've turned around. And Matt Whistler is another guy, but ultimately at the core. Okay. These guys are limited. There's a reason why they weren't first and second round draft picks. There's a reason why they were scrap heap guys. Like, yes, these front offices are good enough to unlock certain things that get them to pitch at their peak potential. But when it all comes down to it and you need someone to be just at peak mental confidence and locked in, are you trusting the guy who was kind of a clunker a couple years ago that you fixed up? Or are you trusting the first round pick former Cy Young Award winner? Like if I'm producing a movie and I need a lead actor and I need someone, listen, we're going for the Oscar, baby. This is Castaway, And I just need one guy to carry me through two hours. All right. Am I going Tom Hanks? who's got a track record for 20, 30 years, 
Or am I going Pauly Shore? We're going to go Pauly Shore here, guys. <laughs> Randy Quaid. I'm putting Randy Quaid <laughs> yeah. in that movie, no question. Kevin, about Eddie. Kevin Hart. All right, here, grab a volleyball, Kev. Hey, Get yeah. it around. Like, I mean, so that's it's, it's just like it's going to bug me for a while. But I, I just think that, that there's an important um, aspect of this about confidence in people. And I think that there's an important thing, too, about if you have a guy like Snell, who is just obviously competitive as hell, right? Like, I mean, this is not a guy who's like, oh, oh, skip. Don't, oh, okay, take the ball, right? I mean, he's dropping F-bombs. Um, and he basically tells you, I've got this. Like, at some point in time, you you have to put aside your beliefs in what the in what the statistics say and go with, okay, this guy is my best pitcher. He's a leader on this team. Like everybody looks at Blake Snell is like, you got this dude. And so do we, right? Um, and and to just basically be like, but you know what? We can't. That that to me sends, just to your employees, that sends an awful message about confidence. And I think that that type of move makes people start to question themselves. Agreed. And in sports, that's a big deal. Like totally in agreed. sports, a lot of guys are like, oh, we might be done now. I mean, the second Snell left, you thought to yourself, I don't don't know. And then the Dodgers came in and started to uh, hit to get uh, Nick around. And you knew you knew that that team's mojo at that point in time was completely gone. Also, you know, you brought the football comparison up a while back. And um, I think sometimes you have to ask yourself as a football coach or a baseball manager. All right, I've got a decision to make here. If I make this decision, what will the opposing team think? Will they be happy or mad that I made this decision? When NFL coaches are standing over the 50-yard line and it's fourth down and one and they line up to punt, don't you think the opposing team is thinking, thank God they're punting in this spot? I don't know if we could stop them on that. And even after the game, it wasn't even in question. You ask like Mookie Betts, like all these guys were interviewed, Mookie Betts, Andrew (laughs) Friedman, the GM, Dave Roberts, they all flat out said, oh, we were so happy that, that Blake <laughs> Snell came out of the game. It's like, what? <laughs> they did so, him a huge favor. Yeah. Huge favor. There's, but hey, there's, go ahead, Dex. I was going to say, there's two analogies I can make for it. One in sports and one out. Like, let's say you're on like a, a 10-hour flight to Brazil, okay? And there's data that says, hey, you know, when a pilot's flying a plane it would actually be best if at hour six, seven, we stop, come to the ground and put a new pilot on the plane. When instead we're already 75% to where our destination is. Why the hell do we have to change pilots? I don't care if the pilot really is tired. We're cruising at a good altitude. We're almost there. Why do we have to make a change? I would just want to know how much gas is in the plane. And, That's you know, the only question. It can you land a plane at that point? This has nothing to <laughs> do with mechanical. <laughs> it's more of like a study that says, hey, the pilot after six, seven hours like might get a little groggy or might like not be as attentive yeah, as, now listen, as he is. If the pilot starts to nod off, all right, we can discuss. Then we can, we can discuss. discuss. Yeah. But if but if <laughs> if we're already almost there, why are we going to ground the plane for 45 minutes, change pilots, refuel, do all this BS and when we could have just gotten there? a lot faster but hey think about this boys think about how fresh those planes are going to be for spring yeah. training next year yeah, Rios, right. man snell he's going to feel great going into february that arm's going to be super oiled up and limber baby and then the, the second one is kind of it was when when the wild traded nino niederreiter and everyone was freaking out because because niederreiter is this analytics darling right i mean his coursey is through the roof even in in 100 games with carolina his coursey is 58 percent which is insane i got i don't have the full charts of who in 100 minimum 100 games 
I got to imagine that's top five for forwards. Like when he's on the ice, the team is out possessing and out shooting the other team. And it's great. And you know, Niederreiter's a, a, a good forward, but he's never scored 30 goals. Over his last 38 playoff games, he has three goals. Like it disappears. So you have to, you have to leverage it in the right real world and, and eye test situations. Yes. So, and, and I think that's, that applies to baseball. It applies to hockey. And it, it, it unfor- it's unfortunate because I do think there's a misconception with analytics of like, well, people don't like them because no one understands them. And that is partially true, but you have to figure out how to blend both together. I, I think, too, it's gotten to, to the point now where some of this stuff, guys, is just people outsmarting themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a lot. Information is not a bad thing. Like, you can't sit here and, and be like, there is too much information and it's ruined sports. I've seen that. That's not true. Okay. Information is powerful. It's a tool but a tool has to be used correctly. And, and I really think we have now gone to a place in a lot of sports too, baseball, football, where, where we just have people now who, instead of processing the info and putting some of that aside and taking some, they basically say, I'm going to use all of this. And that is when you make mistakes. Yep. So, so I don't think it's fair to sit, sit here and say uh, baseball has to go back. If, if it doesn't go back to, to my gut says this, no, it doesn't have to. But my favorite word in life, words in life are this, common sense. It's common sense. <laughs> common sense tells you Blake Snell's really good, and he is a competitor, and he's pitching a classic. Do I take him out of a classic? Like, think, like just think about that question. And that, think, That's I- the only question. And just like think about again, just one last thing on this. Think about if your manager that you're paying seven figures to can't make that deduction in his head, then and like if if all the decisions he's making anyways are just like front office decisions throughout the regular season, then yeah. I need a new manager in that spot who's going to push back. That's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting path you just went down with that statement. Um, well, I mean, like he you're never going to get back to that spot with this team. Like this team peaked. Like they're not going to, I'm sorry, they're not going to go back there next year. My point is if I'm the GM of the Rays or or the twins in game two, if I'm Falvey, I am calling downstairs and making sure that Baldelli knows that we have what I would call a special situation. Yes. Okay. So there's a new new chapter for Bill James book. Yes. Rocco, you will not be fired. This is a special situation. It's an SS couple pieces of breaking news before we get mm-hmm. into uh, write that down predictions. The I believe I saw this correctly. The Nebraska Wisconsin game has been postponed. Of course it has. I think it's because Wisconsin is a total COVID dumpster fire right now. I think it's yeah. why. I think they it's also five. have uh, six positive tests on their team. Six staff members are positive, and uh, so was Paul Christ. He is also tested. Paul positive. Christ is. Paul Christ, excuse me. No, he calls himself Paul Christ. Paul Christ but I call him Paul Christ. Yeah. Well, I I believe it's five percent of your is it five percent five percent of your roster or five percent of your uh, roster personnel in the Big Ten is positive. I think you are not going to play. I think that that's the rule. What, what if it's one hundred percent of your quarterbacks, which is what's happening too? <laughs> <laughs> they were, guys, they they were down to their I believe fourth quarterback. Yeah, it was amazing. And, and and by the way, like, I'm That's sure like that quarterback is going to be no different than like Jack Cohn. Like their quarterbacks are all the same, except for Russell Wilson. Just sit back there I'm and hand off. Really and, good, though. The, the, the kid that got sick and played um, in their first game, Mertz, right? He is a really good quarterback. That's fair. He, That's fair. He's an NFL talent. Um, also, Mike Zimmer confirmed that Daniel Hunter had successful neck surgery, but then he proceeded to defend his definition of it being a tweak in training camp. So. He, he said he, he slept on it wrong, and that's why he called it a tweak. 
What about two weeks later when it was but still when, being called a tweak? And then what? when he had season-ending surgery to confirm his neck was screwed up. Wait, wait, wait. wait. He's saying this came from sleeping wrong? He said he originally called it a tweak because Daniil Hunter slept on his neck wrong. The that's first what they thought. And, and, like, and he that's came to why practice. he called it a tweak. Yeah, he said he came to practice the first day like the, that it was a thing and said he thought he slept on his neck wrong. And that's why they called it a tweak initially. But then they just downplayed it and lied about it for oh, wait, wait, the next wait. three weeks anyway. Wait, so he showed up with what turned out to be a cervical problem that had to be fixed surgically, and he thought he had slept on his neck wrong? He's a beast, yes. Yeah. Yes. He's an animal. I, yeah, don't, I don't even know where to go with that. He's a beast. He's a beast. Okay, I'm not, I'm not buying what they're continuing to sell. How about that for fairness? <laughs> well, they might not be selling it for much longer if they continue losing games. Let's get to some predictions, gentlemen. When we come back here, write that down and an accountability session on this quarantine edition of Mackie and Judd. All right. This is kind of an this is kind of an odd version of write that down predictions because we're we're doing this quarantine episode of Mackie and Judd as we await COVID tests. And so we don't have our production bells and whistles that we would normally have here. So you're going to have to just bear with us acapella style. This is Write That Down, the only segment in sports talk in America where we, the hosts and the listeners, make predictions and actually hold each other accountable with batting averages and home runs. So here's how we do it every single week. Three predictions from everybody. They must be quantifiable. It is the uh, Carl Anthony Towns rule of Write That Down where I once predicted that Carl Anthony Towns will be classified as the man <laughs> at the end of the season. So they have to be quantifiable. What so, did man. that mean? He's going to be the man. What do you mean? <laughs> it's crazy. The man. All right, then. <laughs> we, keep, we keep track of batting averages and home runs. And if you want to be part of the segment, you can DM me on Twitter at Phil Mackey, and uh, we do have some openings. We were pretty packed throughout the year, and uh, we we stopped taking entrance. But we have some openings in November and December. If you want to be part, we record on Wednesdays. Write that down. So hit me up if I'm not following you. That's okay. You can still DM me. My DMs are open at Phil Mackey on Twitter. We're gonna get Alex. We're gonna get John. Those are gonna be the guest listener predictors with us this week. And you can also watch this if you're listening on the podcast or on Score North Radio. You can watch us on our YouTube channel. We have two YouTube channels. Uh, the Mackie and Judd centric YouTube channel is YouTube.com/scorenorthmn, and then our Purple Daily YouTube channel is YouTube.com/Purple Daily Podcast. Judd Zolgad. Let's get to you for a second here. All right. Pretty good week for Judd, the batting yeah. average leader coming into the week. Yeah, not bad. Judd, coming you back. said that the Big Ten football season would not start until mm. after October. Oof. And they did indeed start in October, so that one is ain't wrong. But so cool. you made up for yourself. You said the Vikings will make at least one deal before the trade deadline, and then the next day they traded Unique Ngakwe to the Ravens. Dang. So you got that one right? I saw that coming. And then you Very said much. the Dodgers would win the World Series. You said that a couple weeks ago, and they did last night because the Rays lean too much on analytics and don't think for themselves in big moments. Ding. Jonathan and Manny, nothing off the board. Rami, nothing off the board. A mixed week for yours truly here. I said the Gophers would beat Michigan and Rashad Bateman would score at least a touchdown. So uh, that's wrong. I said Daniil Hunter will sack Jordan Love at some point this season. Well, it was just announced well, that Daniil Hunter had successful neck surgery. So going to go unless unless Daniil Hunter finds Jordan Love in a back alley somewhere. Yeah, I think Jordan Love's playing, so don't worry about that either. 
Yeah. Uh, but I did. I did tell you guys correctly that whenever Sasha Banks and Bailey would meet at an upcoming pay-per-view, Sasha Banks would prevail in that match. And she did indeed win their Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell pay-per-view last weekend. Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. That was a classic, man. Like, that was the best. I watched actually all the pay-per-view. On Hell in a Cell on Sunday, that was the best match. Like that, and and Sasha and Bailey have like a whole chapter of amazing matches with one another, and and as teammates, and that was right up there with NXT Brooklyn. Man, it was an nice. awesome match. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, the the wrestling whisper strikes again here. <laughs> uh, listeners had a bunch of things come off the board this week. Scott said long ago that the NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball will all finish their seasons. They all did. So uh-huh. congratulations. Mm-hmm. But then it, was, it got kind of bad for the listeners here. Uh, Drew said in the next full NFL season, Daniil Hunter will break the NFL sack record. Uh, I guess the only point of contention here is the word full NFL season, but they are playing an NFL season here. And that, that was the spirit of his prediction. He meant that uh, this year, Daniil Hunter would break. It's the full right record. now. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's very fair. Uh, Owen said at UFC 254, I think it's pronounced just Justin Gaethy, whatever, uh, will beat Khabib, and Khabib did win that fight. And then Say retired. the last name. Yeah, Khabib. Khabib. <laughs> Nurma got of uh, Nurma, Nurma something. Dustin said the Gophers will win all trophy games they play in oh. 2020. Well, they lost their first one, so. <laughs> nice start. That was quick. Oh. And then our guy Woodbury Larry said the Gophers would beat Michigan by at least 17 points. It was the other way around. That the Michigan I told him to put that pipe down. I told him, <laughs> Woodbury Larry, put the pipe down, okay? <laughs> yep, so that was wrong. Declan, you had nothing come off the board, and so okay. the updated batting averages are this. Judd Zolgad batting 411 with three home runs, which is tied for the lead. Rami Makhlouf still batting 393 with one home run. Declan at 348 with a home run. Myself at 287 with three home runs. The listeners at 212 with two home runs. John Harrison, last year's reigning defending batting champion, at 176 with two home runs, and Manny Hill at 163 and one home run on the season. Uh, should we do this, Dex? Let's bring our, our guest. We have at least one of our guest predictors in the house here. Yeah, well, and uh, so we got Alex in right now. Alex, what's going on? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Good. And then uh, our, our guy John is having a little bit of uh, some computer issues. He's working on it. He should be in here in just a minute. But, okay. um, but, but we do have at least Alex in here. So we got Alex in the house. Uh, we'll get John here. Alex, are you here to square around for bunt singles, or are you here to let it rip, let it fly? Well, seeing how Tony Gwynn's my favorite all-time player, I think I'll, and the listeners are struggling right now, so I'll do some singles. Some slap singles here? All right. So we're going we're gonna to start with Alex, and then we're going to go Judd, Declan, and then back to me. And then if John joins, we'll just we'll load his, his in at the end, all right? Got we'll it. make three trips around the room here. Alex, start us off with your first write-that-down prediction. Uh, since, they, since the Vikings just traded uh, in Gawkway, uh DJ Wonham is going to get played more time. I say he has at least five sacks by the end of the season. Ooh. Does he, so does he have any right now? He has one. So you're saying he'll have five total or five more? Five total. Okay. All right. Well, someone okay. I mean, they need somebody to sack the quarterback. My God. Yeah. No kidding. Or, or I don't know if considered a single or not, but. Or do we got, they? I think we have John in here, too. We I'm do. A, I'm a, oh, sorry, you go ahead, Dex. Oh, I got it. You got it. John, what's going on, dude? What's going on? Not much, John, man. John, are you ready to make some predictions here? Oh, I'm ready. 
<laughs> and uh, we'll ask you the same question we asked Alex. Are you are you going to be Tony Gwynn and hit some slap singles to opposite field, or are you gonna are you gonna swing for the fences? Um, I think one of mine is one of mine is about a double. The other two okay. are grand slams. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, you're next out of the gate. So the order is going to be, so Alex already went his first prediction. John, you're next. Then Judd, Declan, me, we're going to make three trips around the room. So fire away, John. All right. Uh, my first one hits home gophers, little Buccaneers. Um, Justin Jefferson is going to win offensive rookie of the year. And Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to win defensive rookie of the year. Ooh. Okay. Oh, I, like I can't hear him. So conceivable. Okay. So that's okay, Alex. You can hear us, right? Yes. Okay. So, so uh, John coming out firing Justin Jefferson and Antoine Winfield, rookies of the year. Judd Zolgad. <clears throat> the Vikings will find a way to draft either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. The wow. Vikings Love will it, find a way. I, I don't know if it's going to be their pick. I don't know if they're going to have to package a bunch of picks to get up to the top. What, Whatever they need to do, I'm not going to give you the specific one, but it will be one of those top two, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Speak in my language. I love it. love it. All right, Declan. All right. Because of Justin Turner's positive COVID test yesterday, at least one other Dodger player will test positive for COVID between now and next week. So there'll be a report that at least one Dodger player will come out that he has tested positive for COVID after Justin Turner's hoopla yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he, was, he was definitely hugging everybody. So his wife's yeah. got no chance. Yeah, they were he making like, out on the field. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw was like sucking his wife's face. I mean, good for him. I, I, I would do the same thing if I won the World Series or if I was Clayton Kershaw, but still. I, Wait, I was, Clayton Kershaw was making out with Justin Turner's wife? No, no, with his own wife. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 that was a bad setup. Not the same thing. Hey, hey, Justin, that was do you mind? <laughs> They're just, tra- just They're trading wives. Why not? You won the World Series. <laughs> hey, Justin, if it's not a bother... Yeah. Yeah, we have another announcement. <laughs> we're we're in a different kind of relationship here. Um all right. Uh all right, it's my turn, I guess. All right, write this down. The Vikings. So the, I'm, this is sort of a precursor to Judge prediction, because I hope Judge prediction comes true. But in order for Judge prediction to come true, I think mine also has to come true. So here's my prediction. Write this down. The Vikings will acquire a second round draft pick. I'll say this a first or a second round draft pick by next week's trade deadline. They will acquire a first or a second round draft pick by next week's trade deadline. Write it down. Mm, okay. I think they need those chips if they want to move up. All right, back to Alex. Your second prediction. Um, I was going to do a Twins one, but I think I'll do uh, Adam Thielen will not be traded. Okay. All right. Okay. I think uh, there's a uh, someone tweeted me a rumor yesterday that there's like there's like a second and a fourth round pick out there for Thielen. That's a guy is that in just... Cleveland who I think is a fan? I'm not sure he's. I'm not sure he's if he's gotten some college football things right. Yeah, but he's he's had a lot of swings and misses on some. He doesn't have the blue check either. He does That's not right. have blue check. That is uh, absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, important. a second and a fourth. I don't know. It, it would make me think. I probably need a, need a little bit more than that to trade Adam Thielen. But um, all right, back to John. Your second prediction. All right, I don't know if this is going to come to fruition because of the news with Wisconsin, but uh, <laughs> I have the Gophers finishing seven and one this Ooh, year. Okay, not not losing any more games until the Big Ten championship and making the Rose Bowl. Wait, they're oh, so wait, so so, so is the Rose Bowl part of your prediction? 
Yes. Okay, so seven, seven and one and a Rose Bowl. But that's part of the college yeah. football playoff. Well, no, no, they no. Go... they're, they're going to lose to Ohio State, so they'll end up with two losses out of the nine games. Okay. And I think that I think that can get them to the Rose Bowl. But I think the Rose Bowl no, is but they part of the college the football Bowl. playoff. Yeah. So they, yes. We just don't want to put you in a bad spot here. Yeah, so prediction. they can't make the Rose Bowl. All right, we'll take in out that the Rose Bowl, whatever the next biggest bowl is. So let's let's just leave it. Let's go seven. Let's go seven and one. Conference will finish seven and one. Let's go seven and one, so we can protect John's prediction here, and then that will inevitably land them in a big bowl game. Okay. They'd have to shore up their defense a little bit for all of these things to happen, but we'll see. That's a lot of confidence. Might have to fire another defensive coordinator. These teams always seem to start slow, and they find a way to win the big games at the end. That's true. They almost lost their first three games last year, and then they figured it out. All right, Judd, your second prediction. Um, I'm not going to go quite as big, but I will go with for Gopher football that they're going to win their next two games. So they they will win Maryland Friday, and I, I think Illinois is the following Saturday. They will win at Maryland and at Illinois over the next two weeks. So they will be two and one. All right. You and Lovey Smith have the same beard, by the way. Yeah, we we basically do completely gray. It's hilarious. It didn't used to be completely gray. Yeah, you're you got you got some stuff left though, man. I mean, mine has just gone all gray now. Alex, is that all natural? Yes, it is. Oh, boy. <laughs> nice. That's a good look for Alex. Don't. Declan's been trying to grow a beard for about four years, and this is how uh, far he's come. Try like twenty seven, twenty eight. I yeah. shaved about. Uh, I was down to Judd's uh, clean shaven about four months ago. Oh, nice. Judge clean shaven. <laughs> My wife said if I lose the board, if I lose the beard, she's gone. So the beard stays. <laughs> My wife forced me to grow up this beard too. It's so weird. Yeah. It's very odd. Yeah. 10 years My back, she's like, I hate beards. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dex, your second yeah. prediction. I just share Corona Hard Seltzers with uh, women. Um, the Vikings. <laughs> and that's why you're sick. Yeah, and that's why here I am. The Vikings, it's kind of close to Mackey's, but. The Vikings will acquire at least two draft picks by the trade deadline. So I'm just going to say they're going to acquire two draft picks by the trade deadline. At least, you said? Okay. At least two draft picks by the trade deadline. Okay. All right. That's fair. Okay. Write this down. Another Vikings prediction here. At least one of these three men, Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, or Kirk Cousins, will no longer be a Viking when the 2021 draft arrives. At least Spielman, Zimmer, uh, at least one of Spielman, Zimmer, or Cousins will no longer be a Viking when the 2021 draft arrives. And I will just add this if we need it, just for our mental file. If there's a, like, it's possible that the Vikings would agree to a Cousins trade, but it wouldn't actually go through until like June or something. Um, so it, it, it could involve a reported Kirk Cousins trade that doesn't officially go through, just for okay. clarification. Okay. All right. So write it down. And we go back to John, your final prediction, man. All right. Um, I had a massive home run, but I'm going to stay away from it. Oh, It's regarding Aaron Rodgers and the Vikings, but I'm not going to go there. I feel like you should at least float it off the record so that we know what it is. Okay. It's that Aaron Rodgers will play on the Vikings at some point in his career. Dude, I, I think I feel like Judd and I might already both have that on. I, think I and, might be on the record with that. And so what we would do is we would if you were to predict that, we would actually force you to add on to it because it's already out there. <laughs> okay. Well But you can I pivot to whatever else. All right. Uh the other one, I think the Timberwolves will make the playoffs in two thousand and twenty one. And either Malik Beasley or Jarrett Culver will win the most improved player. 
Oh, I wow. like it. I like it. Little, I love how uh, I'm not the only person with just completely unfounded Timberwolves optimism in this room oh, right now. Yeah, it's I'm great. God bless you guys for that. John, John and I, just mass, Wolves <laughs> masochists, man. Yes, you are. It's great. Uh, John, since we uh, – great predictions by you. Since you have this gigantic platform right now, is there anyone in your life that you'd like to thank that got you to this point? Um, few of my friends that hate on me for being so optimistic, Andrew <laughs> Leslie, uh, Jeremy Dans, Charlie Leaf. And then I'd also like to give out a shout-out to my podcast, Bold North Sports. Bold North Sports. All right, go, uh, go hit up John on Bold North Sports. Check yeah. it out. Thank cool, you. man. All right. Appreciate it, John. Um, Thanks, John. And now we go, I think I went out of order there, but Alex is up next with your final prediction. All right. Um, this is a college football one. I don't know what the point spread is going to be, but Notre Dame and Clemson play not this week, but next week. Notre Dame will either beat or stay within the point differential of, of the, uh, the line when it comes out. I as a as a That's Notre a Dame talking up to Mackey prediction right there if I ever heard one as a Notre Dame I didn't, guy hard, was, I didn't even know he was an Irish fan to be honest. With yeah. you. <laughs> so my my grandpa played for Newt Rockney back in the late 1920s, and I've always been a huge Notre Dame oh, fan. Awesome. And and I get emotionally invested for all of these big Notre Dame games all the time, and they always disappoint. Yeah. But they're my they're my second team. I went to I went to South Carolina, so of course they're my first. But yeah, I grew up a Notre Dame fan. It was never good enough academically to get in. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, great predictions by you since uh, since you have this platform. Who do you want to thank in your life that got you to this point? Oh, my parents for having me. And then um, <laughs> I used to listen to the other sports station in Minneapolis, and I started listening to you guys. And I, um, I must say, I enjoy you guys much more. So, um, not that the other not that the other one is bad, but you guys are much more. So I appreciate you guys and cool, man. format. And, Thank you. You know. Appreciate it, man. We're just uh we're just trying to get by in 2020 here, but thanks for the love. Are we all? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And great, great predictions. Good luck with them, Alex, and we'll we'll get you on again sometime. All right. I appreciate you guys. You guys have a good one. Be safe out there. All you right. Too. That's yeah. a Thank guest you. listener predictor, Alex. Great stuff from John and Alex there. Yeah. Good predictions. Really good predictions. And we always love it when people shower us with compliments too. Oh yeah. Number one uh, YouTube uh, Minnesota-based radio station in the country, man. Did you know that? Tweet that out. Um, I will. Actually, I will say, I will say, just so, because I don't know, we don't, obviously, like the radio ratings between the other station and uh, and Score North Radio, they are what they are for for a lot of reasons, but um, I can tell you that. When it, from a YouTube standpoint, we are so appreciative of everyone helping us grow the Purple Daily channel and the Scorner channel. And uh, and I can tell you that of the top 20 sports radio stations in the country, we have either, depending on the week and the month, the number one or number two most trafficked and and watched YouTube channel. I think the fan in D.C. is, uh, is the one that we kind of go back and forth with. But uh, so thank you guys for helping us grow these these digital platforms and channels. We're just trying to reach audiences and entertain you guys via podcast and YouTube. And so, yeah, we're doing our thing in 2020. Tweet it. Tweet that. Tweet that tweet out. That. Exactly. I will. I'll tweet that out. Get, Get that out there. All, all the great things we do every month. I'll do that. Yep. All right. Back to Judd. All right. My last, write that down. The Timberwolves will not trade the number one overall pick. They will oh. make it. I'm not going to tell you who, because I don't know for sure, but the Wolves will not trade the top pick in the draft. They will um, make that pick themselves. Okay. That's my last one. Dex, your last okay. prediction. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. 
will account for three touchdowns against the Vikings. So that could be passing, receiving, rushing. He will account for at least three touchdowns, at least three touchdowns against the Vikings. It's funny you, you bring that up. This is the exact third prediction that I have written down. <laughs> and I'm not going to, I was going to maybe deviate and then you made that prediction. So I'm going to stick with verbatim the prediction that I had here. Aaron Rodgers will throw, throw at least four touchdown passes against the Vikings. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's not a good day for our boys. Yeah. Is there anything that leads you to believe that it will That's be a good a day good for day. the Vikings? <laughs> I don't, not a good day for no, the Vikings. No, actually, it's a great day because True. it's another yeah. step in the journey for Trevor Lawrence or and Justin you know Field. Everybody learns, right? The cornerbacks, <laughs> they all learn. They give up touchdowns, but they're learning while they're giving up touchdowns. I like it. And, and you said at least, right? You, did, are, are you going for the home run? Or are you going for four? Absolutely four. Well, I'm. Go- I said at least. At least. Okay. Is that, is that a home? That's a. That's got to be a home run. I mean, Aaron, it's, four touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. Is it a home run or no? You guys tell me. I feel like with our depleted cornerback core and Aaron Rodgers not- playing out of his mind, I don't think it is. But if you said exactly four, if you called your shot, I would think it is. But that's you run fair. into a home run. Though. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's From what the that's, that's very fair. Yeah. Cool. Um. All right, that's a wrap on write that down here. Uh, every Wednesday on Mackie and Judd, we make down. predictions. We keep each other's uh, batting averages and home runs. Before we say goodbye on this episode, this quarantine episode of Mackie and Judd, okay, what did you guys did you guys follow the whole Justin Turner thing last night? Like, yeah. here's my here's my question. All right, not to start a whole COVID debate, but Major League Baseball. If so, they they as I understand it, according to Jeff Passan, there was an inconclusive test on behalf of Justin Turner that didn't come in until like the second inning. And so they got that in from, from Monday and they decided, all right, well, that's okay. That's weird. He didn't test positive. And then they got the Tuesday result in, in the seventh inning. So they got the Monday result in, in the second inning and they got the yeah. Tuesday result in, in the seventh inning. Yeah. And they decide. So my first beef is like, why are results coming in during the game? Like there should be some sort of listen, like once the game starts, like these guys are out there, they're playing, and then when the game's over, then we, you know, we go with our next round of results. That's what I would do, just to avoid any sort of like confusion, blame game, any of this stuff. And then once he's pulled from the game, apparently they were trying to like corral him with security, but he like ignored security and just like no. walked back out on the field or something. They basically were told they told uh, their security people go get him off the field. The security people said, Justin, you have to leave. Justin and his teammates said he's not leaving. So they basically told baseball to bleep themselves, which is a major problem. Um, What's weird, though, is so the inconclusive triggered the second test. But I thought if a test was inconclusive, meaning there's a possibility that you have covid, I thought it was you weren't supposed to play. So it didn't but it didn't come in until the second inning. But why the, the inconclusive test didn't come in until the second inning? But why wasn't he taken out then? And, and there's a this is really weird because there's been differing reports about when things exactly uh, came in and transpired. But I will say this: one, it's on brand for 2020, perfect. <laughs> two, two, it continues in my mind to show one thing here: Rob Manfred hasn't a clue. I mean. <laughs> What's the up whole thing on the field last night, um, the, the explanation I, I saw was, was that he was trying to talk while hearing reverb yeah. of himself. And so it was throwing him off as far as trying to talk. He sounded but like, I, yeah, he sounded like he was either drunk or had like a medical yeah. problem of some kind. But I think he was also flustered because one, he he got booed and like looked surprised. It's like, dude, <laughs> dude, you're a terrible commissioner. You deserve yeah. to be booed as much as Bettman or Goodell or all of those guys. Um, but he looked flustered like I'm being booed. It's like, yes. The second thing, though, is this 
this Turner thing to me raises a ton of questions about now about who played when, what they knew or didn't know. Like it's a very, very suspect thing. But the shame is it's, you know, it's a great six games, right? That series was absolutely fun to watch. And the overriding postgame thing is Turner's COVID test. Listen, I will say on, on just in defense of Justin Turner in that spot, this is the biggest moment of your professional career. You're elated. You're first, you're, you're just like confused and pissed that they're pulling you out of the middle of a game. Cause just like, I don't know if, I don't know if it's incompetence. Like there should just be a different system in place for when they like reveal results and whatnot. Um, Cause obviously like he had probably been positive the day before or right before the game. And like, why aren't those results uh, you know, coming in? Or I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't like the way it was handled. But yeah, in that moment, it's the biggest moment of your career. Your teammates are celebrating. Like, I totally get the impulse and the instinct to say, God, I feel fine. Like, we're, the season's over. Like, let's just let me go out and like take a picture. I get it. Um, and obviously, his teammates not only didn't seem to mind, but were like embracing it and embracing him. And so it was a very bizarre, surreal moment that I guess you can just chalk up to. But hey, how like security, the, guy, the guy had a moment of. Like baseball security is telling you, you have to, to leave, and you tell them to bleep themselves, and they go, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> Sorry, Rob, we couldn't do a weird. thing about it. We're your security team. This is a complete joke. That that's my problem. Is I get what he was doing, but then then the dumbest part to me was he goes and takes the they, they all get, gather around the mound, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the team photo op, and Justin Turner is sitting right by. Roberts there and he takes his mask off. Dave Roberts is a cancer survivor. Like just the optics of this. But is he is he so immune bad. compromised now? I mean he was immune compromised 10 years ago. He didn't no. care. Like Dave Roberts didn't care. He knew I know. I know, but I mean I'm sorry. If if I'm if I run baseball, if I'm commissioner of baseball and I have a security detail, right? And I tell that those people to go get a guy off the field and they come back and they're like, he told me to F off. I can't do a thing about it. It's a really weird look to me. It was and weird. The whole thing was just weird. It was weird. Think about this scenario. Okay. So, so he, he had spent the entire, like he had spent three hours in the dugout with his teammates and, you know, like embracing and stuff. And I get that baseball is a socially distant sport, but he had spent time in the clubhouse with them sure. in the dugout and stuff for three hours while having COVID. Let's say the Rays come back to win that game. Well, game seven does not get played tonight. Game Correct. game seven would have been postponed. Correct. And and I you know, I don't know you know how many other guys would have tested positive, but Matt, but think about how much that could have impacted the series. Let's say game seven gets postponed for like five days or something as they sort out the different because it, it it likely wouldn't have just been postponed for a day. They would have needed like test results from all the teams, and there's probably some more positives, and then they got to sort it all out. <laughs> would would we have had a scenario in which? Clayton Kershaw and Blake Snell face each other. Blake Snell pitches game six and game seven because it's not held for four or five days. You know, think about that. But the Dodgers bullpen. Blake Snell still comes out. You've thrown (laughs) 75 pitches. I don't care if it's game seven. (laughs) So, all right. So, yeah, of course, like it just I think it's more just in typical baseball fashion. It can't just be like the end to this. They they did it. They pulled it off. It's got to be like a bungled weird commissioner speech on the microphone and then a weird COVID positive test moment. It just has to end with like a weird stain because it's baseball. And that commissioner deserves to be booed everywhere he goes. Like he's terrible. He's awful. 
Gary Bettman looks great. Gary Bettman's bubble was genius. And by the way, quickly, baseball did not have a bubble. They had a, a site at which they played their games, but a bubble is going into confining everybody to, to one place and no fans, right? Like they had fans there. Okay. So this was not a bubble. Don't call it a bubble. A bubble is what basketball did. It's what hockey did. This was a neutral site at which they tried to control things. Good luck with that. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, like I said earlier in the show, at least we know that Blake Snell, Jose Barrios, Kenta Maeda, all these guys getting pulled after five lights out innings, they're going to feel great in spring training. They're going to look great in live batting practice. I'm excited for that. You are selling the Feb 27 game in Clearwater way short, dude. (laughs) That's an important game. It's a big one. I mean, guys are going to look good in that game. We're going to make judgments based on the season on that day. And Kenta Maeda better be prepared to throw at least the first, if not the second as well. Super, super pumped for it. All right, that's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd. If you could, if you enjoy the show, if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple, it helps spread the word about our podcast. And uh, don't forget to check out our Daily Vikings conversations as well on Purple Daily. See you guys tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.